Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 23rd of May. More than 6,500 fresh cases of COVID-19 have been recorded today, taking India's tally to 1,25,101 with 3,720 fatalities. In the last 24 hours, as many as 1,15,364 samples were tested, according to the Indian Council of Medical Research. The total number of samples tested so far is 28,34,798. The centre has revised the advisory on the use of hydroxychloroquine for coronavirus, allowing asymptomatic healthcare and frontline workers to take the medicine. Civil Aviation Minister Hardeep Singh Puri said he does not understand the need to quarantine flyers who have the green status on the Arogya Setu app. He added that the centre will try to restart a good percentage of international flights by August. All flights out of Delhi will operate from the airport's Terminal 3 from May 25th. With domestic flight operations set to resume on Monday, thankfully, at least five states and one union territory have decided that incoming passengers will have to stay in home quarantine or institutional quarantine. The governments of Kerala, Andhra Pradesh, Telangana, Karnataka and Assam and the administration of Jammu and Kashmir have decided that arriving passengers will have to stay in quarantine. Niti Aayog's Chief Executive Officer Amitabh Kant has said that India could have done much better in handling the migrant crisis that has arisen due to the nationwide lockdown imposed to fight the outbreak. But he has blamed the states and not the centre for the crisis. While the blame game is obviously not going to end anytime soon, migrant workers are still on the road. By using their phones to document their own heartbreaking situation, they have reinvented what is known as citizen journalism. Shweta Desai has written about how the working class is using digital technology to document their despairing experiences during the lockdown and creating a repository of journalistic narratives and historical archives. Her article is titled Victim and Chronicler – How the Migrant Worker is Redefining Citizen Journalism. You'll find it on our website, newslaundry.com. The sharp rise in numbers in the last few days has ensured that Bihar is now amongst the top 10 states with the maximum number of coronavirus cases in the country. After 380 new cases on Thursday, Bihar reported another 179 on Friday, which took its total tally of overall confirmed cases to 2,166. The Bihar government, however, has decided to quarantine only those migrants who come from 11 high- and moderate-risk cities of Surat, Delhi, Pune, Ahmedabad, Mumbai, Ghaziabad, Faridabad, Gurgaon, Kolkata, Noida and Bengaluru. The Disaster Management's Principal Secretary, Pratyaya Amit, in a letter said, and I quote, Migrants of 11 cities who would be discharged after 14 days in quarantine would live 7 days in home quarantine, unquote. Now, Bihar is ahead of Punjab to become the state with the 10th highest number of coronavirus cases. Punjab, however, has slowed down significantly in the last one week. The surge it saw with the large number of returnees from Nanded in Maharashtra testing positive for the disease is seemingly over. On Friday, Punjab reported just one new case. So far, a total of 2,029 people have tested positive in the state. Delhi has reported 591 new cases in the last 24 hours. The total number of cases in the national capital is now 12,910, including 6,412 active cases and 231 deaths. At least 80 more people have tested positive for coronavirus in Odisha, taking the total number of such cases in the state to 1,269. 
Of the new patients, 71 were reported from quarantine centres in various parts of the state. Two were in home quarantine and seven others were found to have been infected with the virus during the ongoing contact tracing exercise. Hundreds of migrant workers, who thought they were travelling from Mumbai to Gorakhpur in Uttar Pradesh, instead landed up in Orisha's Raurkela city on Friday after the Shramik special train they were travelling in took a different route. The special train had left from Bhayandar in Mumbai on Thursday. Himachal Pradesh's tally rose to 173 after four more people who returned from Mumbai tested positive. Uttarakhand has reported 20 new cases, taking the state's tally to 173. Rajasthan, meanwhile, has reported 48 fresh cases and two deaths until 9am today. The total number of positive cases in the state has risen to 6,542. With 83 more people testing positive for coronavirus in the last 24 hours in Indore, the overall COVID case count in the worst-hit district of Madhya Pradesh has climbed to 2,933. The death toll in the district rose to 111 after the samples of a 40-year-old deceased tested positive. The Congress has arranged for transport of students from Vainad and other parts of Kerala who were stuck in Madhya Pradesh's capital due to the lockdown. Vainad is the Lok Sabha constituency of Congress leader Rahul Gandhi. The step was taken after the stranded students contacted Rahul Gandhi, who in turn informed Madhya Pradesh Congress President Kamal Nath. The Congress leader said, and I quote, One such bus carrying the students, including those from Vainad, has left for Kerala on Saturday morning. Unquote. Kerala Chief Minister Pinaray Vijayan, meanwhile, is now taking questions from the public on the pandemic situation in the state and the lockdown enforced due to it. The state recorded its biggest single-day jump until now with 42 new cases. Until the second round of evacuations of Indians stuck in other countries began, the state had been reporting cases mostly in single-digit numbers. The fresh wave of infections in Kerala has begun with many incoming passengers being tested positive. Now it makes sense why Kerala is among the states that have decided to make 14-day quarantine mandatory for all incoming passengers when the domestic flights begin services on Monday. Kerala also recorded its fourth coronavirus-related death yesterday. The state, however, has the lowest fatality rate among states with a significant number of infections. In view of the cyclone Amphan, which left a trail of destruction in West Bengal, Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee has urged the railways not to send Shramik special trains to the state for some time. She said that the district administration is involved in relief work and will not be able to receive the trains for the next few days. Assam's total count has risen to 266 with seven new cases. Meanwhile, Manipur's Chief Minister N. Birin Singh said on Friday that people returning to Manipur and refusing to undergo quarantine will be arrested. He said, and I quote, This is a very serious issue. Returnees flouting the protocol will be arrested and put in jail. Our primary task is to prevent community spread of the disease. Unquote. Manipur was declared coronavirus-free on April 19th, but cases began to emerge in May after migrants returned to the state. It now has 27 active cases. In the last 24 hours, 47 fresh cases have been reported in Andhra Pradesh. With this, the total number of infections in the state has climbed to 2,561, including 56 deaths. Karnataka's health department has said that the state has recorded 196 new cases. The total number of positive cases in the state is now at 1,939. Before I begin with the international updates on COVID-19, here is a big shout-out to all those who contributed to our News Laundry Sena project of a detailed report on the Central Vista. The report, titled Central Vista, Why Modi's New New Delhi Isn't a Shining City, by our reporter Hamida Sayed, is up on our website. 
Prime Minister Modi's pet project, the Central Vista, has sparked quite a few controversies and criticisms. Almost every aspect of the redevelopment plan, its very need, the cost, clearances, public consultation, aesthetic, is a matter of contention. But the government is pressing ahead with it even as the coronavirus pandemic ravages India's poor. So what does this project entail? Did it go through the proper process of approval? Read Hamida's report to find out. And let me remind you, dear listeners, that this is a completely reader-funded project. Encouraged by your support, News Laundry has started another such project where economist and author Vivek Kaul will analyze how the economy will change in the post-COVID world, what will happen to the real estate sector and how that will affect you. We've already raised 1,35,000 out of the target amount of 1,80,000 for the project. Thank you in advance. Now coming back to the international updates on COVID-19. Globally, the total number of cases has now crossed 5.2 million, according to the tracker by Johns Hopkins University. Meanwhile, the death toll has crossed 338,000 worldwide. More than 96,000 people have died from COVID-19 in the United States, while the number of confirmed cases has crossed 1.6 million. In fact, according to a new research that is yet to be peer-reviewed, the coronavirus could be spreading uncontrolled in 24 states of the US, particularly in the South and Midwest. President Trump, in the meantime, has called on states to allow places of worship to open immediately. Not just that, he went a step ahead and threatened to override any governors who do not comply with his demand. The CDC has released guidelines for houses of worship on Friday. This comes at a time when there is a high risk of a second wave of infections in places that reopen too quickly or without sufficient precautions. The World Health Organization has said that South America is the new epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic. Brazil has become the world's number two hotspot for COVID-19 cases. The country confirmed 330,890 infections and registered 1,001 coronavirus deaths on Friday, taking the total number of deaths in the country to 21,048. Chile, too, has recorded 60,000 cases. And Mexico has recorded another single-day record for COVID-19 deaths with 62,527 total cases since the pandemic began. On Friday, Mexico's health ministry said that 479 more deaths and 2,960 new infections had been recorded. China recorded no new confirmed COVID-19 cases on the mainland on 22nd May. This is the first time that it has seen no daily rise since the pandemic began in the central city of Wuhan late last year. The Philippines has recorded 180 more cases of coronavirus and six more deaths. In a bulletin, the health ministry said that the total infections have risen to 13,777, while deaths have reached 863. 85 more patients have recovered, bringing the total recoveries to 3,177. Singapore has recorded 642 more coronavirus cases, taking its tally of infections to 31,068. Russia recorded 9,434 new cases of the novel coronavirus in the last 24 hours alone. The country's Coronavirus Crisis Response Center reported 139 more deaths after a record of 150 deaths the day before, bringing the total death toll in the country to 3,388. The number of new cases have fallen slightly in Russia after the increase in the beginning of May. However, the President Vladimir Putin has ordered the health ministry to be prepared for a second wave of the virus in October and November. An assassination attempt was made on the Deputy Health Minister of Afghanistan today. 
This comes as the country recorded its worst day of the pandemic while an intense war between security forces, Taliban and other militant groups continues across the nation. Wahid Majroo escaped unharmed when armed men opened fire on his vehicle as he was on his way back to Kabul early today. He has been spending most of his time visiting medical centers and briefing the media on coronavirus since the crisis began. The attack on Majroo came as Afghanistan suffered another escalation in its coronavirus crisis with 782 new cases and 11 deaths confirmed in the last 24 hours. More than half the tests done in a 24-hour period came back positive across the country, taking the total number of confirmed infections to 9,998 and the death toll to 216. The 54 countries of the African Union reported a total of 103,933 cases of the coronavirus today morning. So far, the African nations have reported 3,183 deaths from COVID-19, while 41,473 people have recovered since the virus was first detected in the continent 14 weeks ago. There have been apocalyptic forecasts for the potential impact of the coronavirus pandemic in Africa. On Friday evening, after the 100,000 case was reached, the World Health Organization's Africa office circulated a note saying that it now seemed clear that the pandemic appears to be taking a different pathway in Africa. The note reads, and I quote, Case numbers have not grown at the same exponential rate as in other regions and so far, Africa has not experienced the high mortality seen in some other parts of the world. Today, there are 3,100 confirmed deaths on the continent. By comparison, when cases reached 100,000 in the World Health Organization European region, deaths stood at more than 4,900. Early analysis by WHO suggests that Africa's low mortality rate may be the result of demography and other possible factors. Africa is the youngest continent with more than 60% of the population under the age of 25. In Europe, nearly 95% of the deaths occurred in those who were older than 60 years. WHO also noted that African governments swiftly imposed restrictive measures on their populations in an attempt to contain the spread of the disease. However, it is also said that despite significant progress in testing, the rate of testing remains low in comparison to other regions. In the UK, Boris Johnson's key adviser Dominic Cummings is facing calls to resign after the police spoke to him about breaching the government's lockdown rules. He was seen in Durham, 425 kilometers away from his London home, despite having had symptoms of coronavirus. This was revealed in a joint investigation conducted by The Guardian and The Mirror. Meanwhile, a two-week quarantine will be imposed on new arrivals in the UK from 8th of June, with fines for anyone who breaches the measure to prevent new waves of the coronavirus from overseas. The death toll in the UK rose by 351 to 36,393. Now for some non-coronavirus news. Army Chief General M.M. Navrani visited the Leh-based 14 Corps headquarters on Friday as tensions between the Indian and Chinese soldiers grew along the line of actual control. There has been a significant increase in the number of Chinese transgressions into the Indian side of the LAC in Ladakh. According to official data, the first four months of this year saw 170 instances of violations by the Chinese across the LAC. Out of these, 130 were in Ladakh alone. During the same period in 2019, there were only 110 such transgressions. A Chinese transgression across the border is recorded if the Indian border force in an area, either the army or the ITBP, are reasonably certain that Chinese soldiers crossed over to the Indian side of the LAC. 
In fact, Indian and Chinese troops came to blows on two separate occasions, once near Pangongso Lake in eastern Ladakh and once in Nakula sector in Sikkim during the beginning of this month. Personnel from both sides had suffered injuries. According to an earlier report by the Indian Express, there was movement of Chinese troops to eastern Ladakh after India began constructing a road in the Galwan River area, which is within Indian territory. The Chinese, however, had voiced repeated objections to this. Now for some homegrown stuff on newslaundry.com. Do read the second part of our report on the COVID cluster outbreak in the Z News office. In their investigation, News Laundry journalists Atul Chaurasia and Basant Kumar discovered that Z actually had its first coronavirus case on April 29th. But at the time, no one else was tested or quarantined. The report is titled Z's COVID-19 Cases. Office WhatsApp group shows negligence towards social distancing and employee safety. Putting out this report about a media house as big as Z has made us the target of many attacks on social media. But... We are not deterred, because we at News Laundry do not depend on any advertisers for support. Instead, we count on people like you who believe in the independence of media. Go to our website www.newslaundry.com and see all the work we do. If you think we are doing a good job, please hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. We need your support now more than ever before. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.